Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Fake. Jarrett Bailey with you as always, joined by my friend Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated. Always good to see you, my friend. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, I'm I'm conflicted as a Steelers fan, as I usually am. We'll get into that later, though. Um, it's it's another week of of being just kind of in that weird realm. They're four and two somehow, but um, I we'll we'll stick in the AC North to start actually because. The Ravens and the Lions played in one of the more anticipated games in the one o'clock window yesterday. Yep. And I was talking to Aaron Schatz on Friday, and I had, I just said, like, look, if there's a game that could get out of hand for just the fact that the Ravens hadn't put together a game yet, the Lions were dominant throughout. They were bound to come down to earth a little bit, and the perfect storm for the Ravens and the just worst storm for the Lions just happened all at once, where. Yep. DVOA wise, Aaron Schatz put this out on threads. That is the best game the Ravens have ever played since it started being tracked. And then the Lions had one of the worst games. I have to go back to see the actual number, but one of the worst games for a top three team DVOA wise since it started being tracked. What happened, man? Sometimes good teams play really well. And other good teams play really bad. And when they play each other, you get 38 to 6. And look, we live in this world where everybody's going to massively react to this game as though the Lions now stink. And the Ravens, I already saw Colin Coward say the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Like, look, the Ravens are a good football team. And the Lions are a good football team. And the Ravens kick their ass and give them all the credit in the world for that. Like, that was a game where Lamar Jackson probably played the best game we'll see him play all year. And that's not to knock Lamar. It's just like it's hard to play better than he played. Right. Um, and the Lions probably played the worst game they're going to play all year. Like that's just – that happens. I remember when I was in college, I covered a game. I shouldn't say covered. I worked a game for, for ESPN as a, as a utility, as an intern, essentially. And it was like – there's something like the Jets were 10 and one and the, the, the Pats were 10 and one. It was like the, a game that at the time it was the best records combined, I think, for any teams ever playing on Monday Night Football. Everybody's like, this is going to be a great game. And the Patriots beat them 45 to three. Ugh. And I remember just watching, I was on the sideline for the game and just, they were just humiliating. I mean, Belichick was doing everything he possibly could to rub it in Rex Ryan's face. <laughs> Didn't mean Jets weren't good. Jets ended up going to the Asian title game that year, but they got hammered. I think if you're a Lions fan, you just say, look, man, burn the tape. Forget about it. Move on. Go beat the Raiders on Monday night. And if you're a Ravens fan, you say, hey, you know what? This has kind of been a little bit of a weird start to the season. Lose to Pittsburgh. Not that that's a shame, but you'll lose to Pittsburgh. You'll lose to Gardner Minshew at home. Eh, you're so-so. Well, you just pounded Detroit. You feel much better about who you are. Yeah, and I like the point that you made. You know, it's it's a very reactionary world that we live in, especially covering the NFL. Um, there, I think there's still 
the Lions are still at their best, one of the best teams in football. The Ravens had a lot of questions. The Ravens had a ton of questions coming in on can they put together a complete game. I think both of those things are still true, and those questions for Baltimore still linger. Like I said, it was just eventually they were going to get stuff right for a game. And eventually, I mean, the Lions had won multiple games in a row by by multiple scores. They're a pick six away against the Seahawks from probably entering that game undefeated. Uh, eventually, everything was just going to fall into place the way it usually does. I think both teams, specifically Detroit, Detroit's fine. And then Baltimore is Baltimore. We know that they're going to be hanging around as long as Lamar stays healthy. I, I, I think that in terms of the reactions that we'll see from this, like it, it, it's a reactionary world that we live in. But I, in, I, in October, I don't see it. What, what, what was that? No, I just think sometimes we have to just take it for what it is. Baltimore killed Detroit in a game yeah. that looks was anticipated. Give them all the credit in the world. Baltimore smoked them. But it's not about one game. It's about a body of work. Baltimore, to this point, has been good. Baltimore has also had some games. You've looked at them and gone, what the hell was that? I mean, how, how the hell did you lose that game? How did you leave that team around for as long as you did? Like, I, I just don't get into the whole, like, well, now Baltimore is a totally different team because, like, no, they're not. They're, they, they won a game. They were dominant. Give them all the credit in the world. Same thing with Detroit. I know who Detroit's been all year long. Like, one game is not going to make me change that opinion. Now, if Detroit just gets plowed next week by the Raiders, then, yeah, call me. But I, I think look, Detroit is going to end up winning 12 games. The Ravens are going to win their 11 or 12 games. And they're, they're going to be there in January, both of them. And I, I think, you know, this game is a, is a great game for the Ravens. I mean, you'd be thrilled to death. But I don't think it all of a sudden changes everything about who I think they are. I, I still think what I think of them, you know, I don't know. My opinion hasn't changed from a week ago where I thought they're a good team. They might very well win that division. And they're going to be around in the AFC playoffs and you're going to have to deal with them. We'll stick in the AFC. Um, the Bills, four and three now after what is now the, their third, their fourth game really of just looking bad. The Dolphins are five and two. They've looked impressive offensively this year, but they can't seem to beat anybody worth a damn in terms of winning records and what have you. Who would you rather be right now, the Bills or the Dolphins? Miami. Miami. Because while both of those points are true, Miami's schedule going forward is easier. Miami is a game ahead of Buffalo. But frankly, more importantly, and to the point, I think, Buffalo right now, I just don't know where that thing's going. I don't know what, what do you lean on other than just I'm going to throw the ball 150 times to Stephon Diggs every game. Like, what else are you going to lean on? Because defensively, they're not even close to the same team. That's not their fault. It's injuries. It happens. And it happened to them this year. But, like, you don't have Matt Milano. And you don't have Travis White. And you don't have Daquan Jones. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's over. But it's, it's getting late early for Buffalo defensively. I, I mean, Mac Jones looked like Joe Montana in that game. He just torched them. The Bills couldn't stop them. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't. I mean, they, they got some pressure, but anytime he had any any modicum of, of comfort, he just sliced them and died. I mean, he went 25 of 30 for 272 and two touchdowns. He killed them. He outplayed Josh Allen. It's not even arguable. More yards, 11 less attempts, no turnovers. Allen had two. I mean, look, the other problem that the Bills have is their offense has no identity other than just, I've got to find Stephon Diggs. And if I don't do that, it's over. There's nowhere else to go with the ball. Kincaid played well yesterday. You could be happy about that. Dawson Knox has done nothing. 
Gabe Davis has some games he shows up. Gabe Davis has other games, just one catch for six yards like he did yesterday. There's nothing consistent about them. James Cook has been fine. It's it's a team that right now, they're not as good as Miami. I know they beat them. I know they beat them 48 to 20. I get all that. Right now, they're not as good. Now, they match up well with them. Grant them that. But like They're not as good as them. They're not as good as Baltimore right now. They're not as good as Jacksonville right now. They're not even in the stratosphere Kansas City's in right now. They're not as good as these teams. Like, and and I, I will also uh, I'll leave it at. Allen is talked about by me included as a top three quarterback in the league. Yeah. Well, he's got to go be one because they're not winning if he's not. They don't have like the one thing Allen's had most of his career is of great defense. They're not going to have that this year. They're not not against good teams. And they don't they don't have a wealth of weapons on the team. Like there have been some years they've been kind of devoid of weapons, and then they've had other years where like Cole Beasley was an all pro and they had Emmanuel Sanders. They don't have that with this team. Like they just they don't. And he's gonna have to go out there and be great, but do it in a way that is under control. It's one thing to put up a bunch of yards, but you take away from that when the first play of the game, you throw a mind-numbing pick in your own end of the field. Like, you can't do that. You don't have the team to overcome that this year. You know, in past years, maybe they would have just three and out of New England and got off the field. They're not doing that this year. So I still think the Bills are a playoff team. But right now, I don't think they're much more than that. I think they're a team that goes like 10 and 7 and somebody blasts them in the first round of the playoffs. They – they could improve. They could get better. But right now, it's where I think they are through seven games. Yeah, I went back and rewatched that game this morning. Mac Jones wasn't doing anything like incredible. He was. It was, it was the typical. It was the typical Patriots offense. The Bills just couldn't tackle anybody. They couldn't stop them after the receivers caught the ball, and they, it was a lot of yak. And Allen, like the Bills' offense, man, like you pointed out, there's no rhyme or reason to do anything that they do. And there's no proof of concept. There is nothing that they're doing in terms of there, there's nothing innovative about it. And like, how much of that is that a Ken Dorsey problem? Like, what what is this? I think some of it's on Ken Dorsey. I also just think though, at some point, and I, and you know how I feel about like this with Herbert and the Chargers. Sure. We talk all the time. At some point, bro, you're one of the best quarterbacks in football. Play like it. Like, stop with your with your turnovers. Just stop. Yeah. And, and it's. Look, he only has one more pick than Mahomes does, than Tua mm-hmm. does. But it's when he does it. It's how he does it. He cost them the first game of the year, flat out. Like, Absolutely. it's inarguable. He flat out cost them that game. How important would that game be right now? Like They'd be, they'd be leading the division right now if they won that game. Two. Yeah, they'd be in first place. You'd be sitting there going, All right, there's a hell in the NFL, man. I always tell people this. Take a baseball season. And start it in mid-September. That's a football season. Like, one blown save over the course of 162 games, you don't even care. One blown save in a pennant race in the last half of September, you really care. Like, that was a blown save by Josh Allen. That game's over. And so, to me, I look at that game and go, man, you can't do that. That can't happen. You know? I mean – it's not to say you can never have a bad game, but you can't have a four turnover game where you just cost them the game. You can't have games now where, look, 
the last three weeks, and they beat the Giants, Jacksonville, the Giants, and the, and and then this week against the Wayland. Their offense has had seven points going into the fourth quarter in each of these games. Like you got to score points, man. Like and so and and this was a game. If you watched it in New England game, I mean, should you watched it earlier? I watched the whole thing live. He missed digs on multiple throws. For, yes, wide yeah. open, and these balls are like behind him. He had a deep ball that should have been a walk-in touchdown. He overthrew yeah. like five yards. It wasn't even close. Like, yeah. take a little off the throw and hit him with it. That's the kind of stuff that it's little in the in the context of a box score because it's just an incomplete pet. It changes the entire game. And in the end, they lose a game they never should have lost. The, uh, the last six games on their schedule, at the Eagles, at the Chiefs, Home for the Cowboys, at the Chargers, home for the Patriots, at Miami. That's how they close out the year. Plus, they have a trip to Cincinnati before that as well. Uh, it's not getting any easier, man. No. I mean, they could easily go, you know, even if they're playing well, three and three in that stretch oh, in yeah. the last six. And hell, if they go three and three in that stretch, I mean, that's – You'd be happy. You're sleeping somewhat, so um, – You'd be happy. I, I really do think at some point – like the, the question I have with the Bills, long-term, if they go 10 and 7 this year and they get yeah. beaten in the wild card round, but whoever, Baltimore, maybe they even see Miami again, maybe they see Jacksonville, maybe the Chiefs. If that happens, does do you I know they just extended him a year ago. Do you bring McDermott back? Or do you start saying, look, man, I I think we might have hit our ceiling with this team? Like, I don't know. Because here's the other problem. They're old in a lot of spots. Like especially on defense. Point, especially on defense. But man, they're getting to a point. So the Bills right now. They have the least amount of cap space in the league, which is only relevant because they basically aren't going to roll over anything into next year. All right. Next year, you go over the overthecap.com. The Bills are almost 20 million over the cap already for next season. And, and over the cap is projecting a salary cap increase of $32 million, which would be massive, like the biggest in NFL history. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna bet, with all due respect to the OTC here, I'm gonna bet they're more like 30 million over the cap. And so you're sitting here looking at all these contracts. Like, I don't know where you go with this team. If this team doesn't work out this year, start looking at them and you pull up their their kind of cap sheet, if you will, going forward. Well, guess what? Okay, Allen's locked in. You start looking. Gabe Dave's free agent ass this year. You're going to pay him? No reason to bring him back. I, I don't know. Are you going to pay him? Like, I probably wouldn't. Like, Dawson Knox is getting paid $14.4 million next year. That's the first year of his three-year extension. That is absurd. His extension hasn't kicked in, and you just drafted a first-round tight end. Dawson Knox is 100 yards receiving this year. Like, I don't know what you even do with that. You're stuck with that cap hit. Deion Dawkins, he'll be in the, he'll be in the last year of his deal. He's going to be entering his 30s. Mitch Morris, last year his deal. Are those guys back next year? Do you cut them? I don't know. I mean, they're good players. But they're older, they're expensive. You probably keep them, but they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Daquan Jones, like he's up for a free agent, uh, a new a new contract next year. He's a free agent. Now he was having a great year before he got hurt. Von Miller next year, his cap hit this year seven point nine million. Next year it's twenty three point eight. Like, Jesus, you're, yeah, you're paying him. You have nothing else to do with it. Jordan Phillips is a free agent. AJ Epinesa is playing really well. He's a free agent. Shaq Lawson, he's a free agent. You, you start looking down the line here, like. It's a problem. They got a lot of guys. Tredavious White next year is getting 16.6 against the cap. Like, I don't know. Is he back? Micah Hyde, 
He's done after this year. He's gone. Yeah. What do you do? You know, I mean, there's just there's a lot of real problems. I'm like, pretty sure both Hyde and Poyer are both gone after this year, right? Poyer's got one more year. Okay. But I just don't know. Like, if you're Buffalo and it doesn't work out, you're just going to do what exactly? Get a year older and roll this whole team over again? Yeah. I mean, it just especially, feels especially in this year, in this year where like Ben Johnson's going to be a viable name. If you go, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you live in that in that world where they go ten and seven and they lose in the wild card round, what would stop them from going out hiring Ben Johnson and trying something new? Because right now the the Sean McDermott thing, I think you're right. I think it's kind of hit its ceiling right now. Do Do you think that they make a move at the deadline for like a Hunter Renfro, Jerry Judy, uh, Brian Burns? What, yeah. what money do they have? I mean, they they have no money. No, I don't mm. think they're going to do that. They have no money. So it, I mean, it just look the other problem they've had over the years. They've not drafted very well in the last no. handful of years. Bill's Twitter will try to tell you that they have, but they haven't. Well, Bill's Twitter needs to look at their draft chart the last four years. Who have they drafted? I'd love for Bill's Twitter to answer that question. Who have you drafted? They'll Dawson tell you Knox? how great uh, Bookie Basham and AJ Epinesa are like these. And like, look, it's players. fine. I mean, all those guys are fine, but like the best guys, AJ Epinesa is having a good year, right? AJ Epinesa is playing better, and that's great. And kudos to him. Like, hey, man, man's found his stride. I like Rousseau. Okay. He's a good player. Rousseau has three sacks this year. I mean, it's nothing special. Kyrie Elam, their first round draft pick last year, doesn't dress. He can't even get on the field, man. Like, he can't play. Dawson Knox has been, listen, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but like, you just drafted like a first round tight end. I mean, Gabe Davis was a great value pick. Like, is he getting a second contract? I don't know. You know, Ed Oliver, he was a top 10 pick. Ed Oliver's a, a good player, but you're not like that's not what you want with a top 10 pick. You want a guy making Pro Bowls. You want a guy making all protein. He hasn't done that. They paid him a ton of money too. Yeah, they gave him a four. Like, so I just look at this and it's like, like, where is this going? And this is why, by the way, all you need to know to dispel that stuff of how they draft. Why do they keep signing all these older players back? Because they've got nobody waiting in the wings to replace any of them. Yep. Like that's why. And so they're milking stuck. all of these guys to everything that they possibly can, just because they know what's behind them isn't going to be isn't going to be viable. You're just you're stuck if you're the Bills in this spiral of you can't let so and so walk, even though he's 32 years old, because there's nobody else there. And then they get hurt and they get injured and they they start to fall off, and you're just kind of screwed. But I'm with you. Like if this team doesn't play well this year, I know they extended McDermott. I'd start thinking about Ben Johnson. I'd start thinking about Lou Anarumo. I'd start thinking, I mean, I'd start thinking about like who are some of these other guys. I don't know if you know Kellen Moore, maybe some of the lusters coming off his name in, in LA right now. Yeah. But he's been a guy people thought is you know, have thought of as a head coaching candidate. I mean, you got to start thinking about like, okay, where's this thing headed? Because it, it doesn't feel like it's headed in the right direction. We'll go to uh, your Kansas City Chiefs. They beat the Chargers by 14. The Chargers are now 2-4. and four. The Chiefs, if they go in cruise control, they'll still win that division. Um, at what point do we start hearing the murmurs about maybe Brandon Staley doesn't finish the season, or is that do you, do you think that's not going to happen? That would mean the Chargers would have to pay him for services not rendered. And I'm going to go ahead and guess the Chargers aren't paying anybody for services not rendered. So I think he's going to finish the season. But look, I um, – I was Bears actually on Sunday night football this week, by the way. Good God. Against the Bears. Can't wait. Yeah. 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 Look, I um I was texting with somebody about this uh in the in the league this morning, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. I thought it was last night, it was this morning. 
as like the Chargers at this point, how like, did they know Travis Kelsey was was a human being for that game? Like, did they know he was alive and, and on the active roster? Did they think he was on what IR? What does that one look like totally last night? Let me pull it up real quick. Just he, oh, yeah, have fun with that. He uh, he lit them up like a Christmas tree to the tune well, of the Bucks seventy nine and a touchdown. Good God, on thirteen targets. He had 144 yards receiving in the first half. Mahomes had what, like 321 yards passing in the first half? Yeah, and there were 424 and four touchdowns. Goodness. I mean, and if you watch the catches Kelsey had, there's nobody near him. No. I mean, there was one play, literally, man, he caught the ball on a crossing round. And Sante Samuel dove and he couldn't touch the ball. Kelsey turned up field. There wasn't a charger in the screen for 40 yards. I give the safety credit who came over and actually tackled him at the five-yard line. I mean, there was nobody. He was just jogging down the field for 50 yards. There's nobody in the screen. I mean, it, and then after the game, Daniel Popper over the athletic did a nice job kind of writing it up, their beat writer. And he talked about the fact that, like, Staley basically, well, yeah, I you know, played some zone and so for the best. And I was thinking to myself, you see this guy two, guy, two games a year. And you thought to yourself, the best way to play them was to hope that Kenneth Murray Jr. and Eric Kendricks could handle him in coverage in zone. Good luck to you. Have fun with that. Like it's and, and somebody I was on the Arrowhead Attic podcast last night. And somebody was asking in the chat, they're like, is this the best game he's ever had? And I said, I don't know off the top of my head. He might have had a 200 yard game. Turns out he had one of the game at 191 yards. You know who that was? The Jacksonville. was the coach of the Chargers. Just lit them up for a buck 90. I mean, Last year, he had a three-touchdown game against them. Like, it's just unbelievable. They have no clue he's on the field. It's, so, yeah, I look, I think Staley's going to finish the year. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I didn't pick them to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. I think they're the most overrated team in football every single year. Last game – or last uh, on Sunday, excuse me, you know, last night. You watch that game, and it's 17-17. And I thought this was a really instructive thing because I know this – like this is something that you might go, ah, eh, who cares? But I thought it was just really interesting. 17-17, the Chiefs and the Chargers are both trading. Nobody's punted the ball at this point. Both teams – excuse me, the Chargers punted once. But the teams are going back and forth, up and down the field, six straight possessions between them where uh, there, there was a score. And so the Chiefs get the Chiefs get stopped finally. Their, their first uh, turn – it was actually a turnover by Mahomes. He threw a pick. It was like an arm punt. Mm-hmm. The Chargers get the ball, and you're going, okay, this might be – hey, they might take the lead in half. And, and the, the Chiefs are coming out with the ball in the third quarter. So you're like, all right. Kind of a pivotal moment. Chargers go six plays, 28 yards after the punt. But they pin the Chiefs at the four-yard line with 248 to go. The Chiefs went six plays, 96 yards in a touchdown. Just immediately went down the field. The Chargers get the ball back. Now, it's only 15 seconds, but they had all three timeouts at 25-yard line, and their kicker had drilled like a 55-yard field goal earlier with tons of distance on it. Mm. The Chargers took a knee and went to halftime. And I know it's one of those things, like, ah, 15 seconds. Don't you at least try to get to midfield and throw a Hail Mary or something? Like, he just went to halftime, surrendered all three timeouts, and the Chargers, after the break, had five possessions. Interception, three and out, three and out, three and out, interception, game over. That's it. Good night. And... The conversation is always going to come back to, you know, what is where do, where do we put Justin Herbert in this, you know, these quarterback, whatever. And 
there's always going to be kind of this weird area with him as long as Staley's there and as long as as long as he's in the situation that he's in. But at some point, right, you know, it's got to be like, all right, Justin, same thing, similar with Josh Allen. It's like, yeah, man, we get it, but go play like the top quarterback that you are. And I understand the interceptions thing. I kind of take that with a grain of salt just because they're constantly in games like that where they're trailing or the game's tied or they need a drive at the end of the quarter and we know that they're going to be throwing the ball. So I think that his interceptions ratio compared to other guys kind of cancel out because of that. But man alive, it's it's kind of getting to the point where, you know, it's not getting hard to defend Justin Herbert, but like it's it's getting difficult to see this week after week after week the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I've just gotten to the point, as you well know. Yeah. Can can Justin Herbert win one game that matters ever? And I mean, it's over – I, I mentioned them earlier, and I actually really like his work. I think he does a great job. Colin Coward was talking about it. Really, like, it's hard to blame Herbert because he's had different coordinators, different coaches. Yep. And these are all, like, fair points. I'm not saying that any of that's wrong. I'd also say, like, can you win one game? I mean, it's one game. Can you win one game? By the way, the Eagles just traded for Kevin Byard. Um, can, yeah. can you, wow. Yeah, yes. Uh, I don't know what they gave up. They got Kevin Byard, which is a nice addition for them. Um, can, can you win one game? Can you win one game that matters? And that game, it's 17-17, and the defense actually stepped up for the Chargers second half of the game. She scored a touchdown and then, and then really did not do much until the last drive, and that was set up by Hardman having a 50-yard punt return. Score. Do anything. Do something. Move the ball. Like, not even did they not score. Three consecutive three and outs, and then he finished, and then he bookended that with two interceptions. One of which wasn't his fault, got batted up in the air. The other one was completely his fault. Threw it to Cook and whatever. They, they were in they were in scramble mode at that point. But I think he's an excellent quarterback. I also think, for being honest, at some juncture, like yeah, man, you know what? Like there's there's just something missing. There is now. Maybe it's the coach. Maybe it's a better offensive line. The Chiefs were all over him yesterday. Fine. But like, why is there always an excuse? Why why they lose to Tennessee earlier this year? Why they oh, lose to Dallas yeah. and have one drive of any consequence in that game? And, and even that drive started on the other side of the field. Like, why don't you ever just win those games? What do you ever do? It's yeah, some of it's coaching, but a lot of it to me is just it's the whole package. It's Herbert, it's Staley, it's all of them, and it doesn't work. All right, before we get out of here, um, did anything stick out to you that we haven't talked about yet? Maybe um, like Philadelphia to me, like that was okay. You know what? They looked shaky at some point offensively, especially last week against the Jets. To me, that was like, okay, you just beat the Dolphins by two scores. The offense looks as good as we could have expected. I think that the Eagles are perfectly fine and answered a lot of questions against the Dolphins. Yeah. By the way, speaking of the Eagles, just to update you on this. Uh, so it is uh... – Kevin Byard goes to the Eagles for a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and Terrell Edmonds. Oh, the former Steeler getting traded to Tennessee. It was Titan. There you go. So, wow. I mean, that's a good uh, deal for, for Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, – I think Steelers fans would happily take Terrell Edmonds back right now, by the way. Yeah, well, I, I bet. Um no, listen, you know what? Um, 
the Eagles last night, there was a point in that game I thought was very telling. Hertz has struggled this year to some degree by his standards. And he throws a ball that look, it's a it's a fluke thing. It gets it gets deflected right into the hands of Jerome Baker and he runs it in for a touchdown. And it's 17-17. The offense is struggling. And I was sitting in my office watching the game. I thought to myself, this is where Philadelphia is going to assert themselves. We're not losing this game. Here it comes. And they took the ball and jammed it right down Miami's throat for a touchdown. And that was it. And then they got the ball back and scored again. Good night. Game over. And I just think the Eagles in that moment kind of found themselves a little bit more. Like, look, between the brotherly shove they've got going on and that offensive line and A.J. Brown being maybe the best receiver in football at this point, like they they have strengths they can rely on in a way that most teams don't. I mean, right now, I, I haven't asked you, I don't know how you feel about this. I know you have your power ranks you do every week. To me, the three best teams in football are Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Kansas City. And you put in whatever order you want to put them in. Those three teams have more answers than you do. They just do. Offensively, deep, like those to me are the only three teams in the league. They're great offensively and they're great defensively. Those teams, yeah. like there's no weakness. And Kansas City is even on special teams is, is absurd as well. But like those teams, I don't care what units on the field, they're probably better than you. Like they're just, they can do more. They're more diverse. Now, Obviously, the quarterback situation is different in every one of those situations. Although I think Hurts is, you know, is fairly close to Mahomes in terms of, you know, the, the, the spectrum, you know, one to ten or whatever. But those three teams, they have answers, and and, and those teams have been in all the big games. They know how to win them. They, they're not intimidated by a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. Hell, they're not intimidated by a divisional round game. They win them all the time. They're there all the time. Like I thought, Miami in that game last night. And, and look, the officiating was atrocious, but Miami took a bunch of penalties in that game. Philly didn't. Now, Philly didn't got away with a few of them. Grant, I first one. But like, Miami took a bunch of, of pre snap penalties. That is a team that's not been in games like that, that was intimidated by the moment a little bit. And we'll learn the Eagles are in their games like that all the time. It's not a big deal to them. And so I think I think the Eagles. I still think they're the best team in the NFC. I respect the Niners, everything they do. I still think when push comes to shove, brotherly shove, I, I think the Eagles are the the best team in that conference. Before we go, what have you got coming on Sports Illustrated this coming week? Oh, a lot. Uh, so we've got uh, quarterback rankings coming out on Thursday. I do an all twenty two session that comes out uh, where I break down three plays of the week on Wednesday. Uh, I have my rookie stock report that comes out tomorrow. Uh, I have my matchup to watch that'll that'll tell you who's going to win the game every week. I do that. That comes out on Friday. I think I got to talk to my editor today. I think I'm going to have a piece on what the hell do the Browns do with Deshaun Watson at this point. Um, that yeah. I have no idea when the hell that's going to come out, but it's going to come out at some point this week. Um, I've got my. I'll I'll be covering Thursday night football for us. So I'll have my my column on that game on the, on the Bills and Bucks. Um. I know there's something else. I can't even remember. I get the Monday morning quarterback podcast on Wednesday. Check that out. Uh, Gilberto Manzano and myself do that every single Wednesday. Um, what the hell? That's enough. I've bombarded people with enough information. Uh, you can also just check it all out on, on my uh, my Twitter feed. God knows it all. Be I right. hadn't seen the breakdown of his contract until you tweeted it the other day. It's, it's, it's holy shit. Yes, it is. That is abysmal. 
how much do the Browns like how much liquors on hand when they have to look at that contract? <laughs> like, do they, do they just get an ocean of of you know whatever Jack Daniels? Like, what that contract's impossible. They can't and get it, out of that for what twenty twenty seven. Oh, dude, they can't get out of it until it's over. I mean, they're screwed. Like. Because they guaranteed every dime, like dose, mm. and I don't mind him, like total dose, they, he's uncuttable. Like the only way out of this, so look, normally, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap when we go. Sure. So if they cannot cut him pre-June 1, it's, it's literally fiscally impossible. Like they're dead. If they just said after this year, we're going to cut him, we're going to move on. His, uh, his dead cap money would be $200 million. So – they're not cutting him pre-June 1, yeah. not now, whatever. It's not happening. If they cut him post-June 1, which is typically when you could do it, uh, yet his cap hit is $156 million. So want to trade him? Can't do it pre-June 1. His cap hit would be – dead money hit would be $63 million. Jeez. The only way to do it is to trade him post-June 1. They'd still eat $18 million in dead money, but okay, you could do it. You'd say forty six. The problem – Remember how they structured his contract when they signed him so that the first year of his deal was, was a like million nothing. bucks because they wanted to thumb their nose at the rest of the world like a bunch of clowns so that he didn't have to pay for the suspension that he had, which I think was, I think it's fair to say is probably a suspension he should have just taken with some grace and been done with, right? Yeah. They structured that like, oh, oh, oh it's only $1 million this year. Yo, well, guess what? The rest of it, the rest of that contract starting next season – is $46 million in base salary each of the next three years. And when you trade for a player, the acquiring team, they take on the base salary. So and no one is taking that damn contract. Guess what? <laughs> Nobody's taking that contract, the $46 million. Like, it's amazing that they did that and thought to themselves, we're geniuses for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Most times, it's much more evenly split between bonus and base, and then the team that acquires takes on the base salary and it's a, it's a, like Daniel Jones next year, his base salary is not that high. So like they right. could theoretically trade him. And some team might go, all right, for $17 million bucks, like he's worth the trade. The Browns gave him a bonus salary. And this is like, – the bonus is so much less. It's like 17 and change. They put it all in the base. Congratulations, you're not trading him. Yeah. The only way they could trade him, man, honest to God, is if they attach a bunch of picks they don't even have right now. Is if they're like, here's Deshaun Watson and another three first rounders, get out. Do you remember when the uh, when the Texans kind of did that with Brock Osweiler, where he was just yes. so god awful, and they were like, Dude, we'll give you a bunch of shit, just take him. They did it with Cleveland. Yep. It's it, it's un it's unbelievable. It's just you look at them and you're like. Yeah, they're screwed. So that, that's the uh, preview of my article. They're screwed. Okay. And I don't even like yesterday he cleared concussion protocol and just didn't come back in. I mean, would you? Dude, he's got nothing. To, he's secured. You just pointed it out. Okay. If yeah, I'm so the, the, I am, the slightest bit injured, I don't give a shit. I'm not doing anything. Th there's also the other part of me. Like, I'm not the guy. I'm not there. I don't know how hurt he is. What, but like, that shoulder thing was bizarre. Weird. Yeah, you know, I got a, I got a bruise, which is what a contusion is. I have a bruise. I just can't play for weeks on end. As the team's like, we don't know. Who the hell knows when he's going to show? Like, it's now like you want. Is he going to play next week? Do they want yeah, him? Like Stefanski and Watson kind of gave different answers in the presser. Like Stefanski said, "Who's our starter next week?" Deshaun said, "I hope it's not too bad." Like, 
Which is the other now now you're sitting there going, okay, here's the other question quietly. Do they want him to start next week? I don't think so. Like, I gotta tell you, man, PJ Walker is not that good, but like neither is Deshaun Watson, though. He's better than one of five for five yards and a pick. Yeah. Deshaun Watson stinks. He threw two picks against the Colts. Did he did he not? One got overturned. Okay. Okay. He's he's terrible. Like, he's bad. He's legitimately a bottom. 10 quarterback, bare minimum. If you're the Browns, you all that enthused about sticking him back in the starting lineup? I don't know. I mean, I, dude, I'll tell you right now, they're all doing a prayer circle. But like, can, please, is there? can we get an amnesty clause? Like, anything possible. It's, it's, it, but it, it's, it's just a non-start. They're screwed. They're not, nobody's acquiring him. No. It's like the Russell Wilson thing. Who the hell? But but like also worse than Russell Wilson because obviously all the off the field stuff. Right, but in terms right. of like on field play, it's like Russell Wilson. Nobody's acquiring that contract. It, it's quite literally oh, like shit. it's both ends of the special. Like one will be acquiring like an angel, the other is acquiring like Satan. So it's 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 a mess. No team, no team is like you know what we need. Bring the in Sean Watson. Let's bring him in and his terrible football and also the biggest headache in the world from a PR standpoint. Let's bring that guy in. Don't ever forget that when it became clear he was not going to be pursued with criminal charges because he ended up being pursued in civil cases. Yeah. He was never he was never put on trial for a criminal case. He, the, the grand jury in Texas dismissed those. The second that happened, let us never forget the history of this. Three quarters of the NFC South was like, excuse us, we're in. And <laughs> Cleveland was, I will never forget being at the combine as all that was going on. And it became very public that the Browns were all in on him. And yeah. that was when Baker was like, I'm the Baker wrote a letter and Baker, was like, yeah, he was done. The Browns were outgunned, outbid, whatever term you want to use, and then realized like Oh my God, we don't have a quarterback. And just went anything you want, anything you want. All. And all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson went from going to go, I'm going to go play in Atlanta or I'm going to go play in New Orleans to Cleveland sounds good in January and December. That's good. But I'll go there. And here we are. So, I mean, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, who, by the way, still looking for quarterbacks, but pr probably feeling pretty good about the choice that they didn't make. Absolutely. And Cleveland was like, oh, we did it. And we screwed with the contract. The thumb or nose at the league. How's that going? Good times in Cleveland. Good times. I know I said before we go, but I do want to ask you, you know, you know me. Um, and I hinted at this beginning of the show. The Steelers are four and two. I don't know how. I don't think they're going to beat the Jaguars this weekend. It's at home. They have a three-game homestand over the next three weeks, by the way. Yeah. Um, where they play Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Green Bay. I think two of those are pretty winnable. If they're sitting at Six and three. I'm horrified that for some reason they're going to give Canada an extension and Pittsburgh's going to burn to the ground. Just because I enjoy watching the world, but I hope they give a five year extension. Um, what <laughs> I'm sorry, it's I know I actually knew they had a three game home. It's Jacksonville and then who? Uh, Tennessee, Green Bay. Look, man, like you've got to at least be Tennessee and Green Bay. Oh, absolutely. Here's the good news. Green Bay can't stop in a nosebleed, man. They run no. the ball. I, Micah, teams just run the ball in them for fun. Uh, the Jacksonville game's interesting. Jacksonville's playing better. But, like, if Foster Moreau doesn't drop that pass, 
they very easily could have had a complete meltdown in New Orleans. And I, that's the – and we can we can wrap because I, I got to go. But, like, look, it's funny how in the NFL, it's little things, little pivots. He catches that ball, and they get a two-point conversion win that game. Yeah. We're sitting here talking about, man, Jacksonville 4-3, had a big meltdown. They lost to Houston earlier. Kansas City went in there and smacked him around a little bit. Like, but now you're like, Foster Road drops the ball. Jacksonville did nothing right on that play. Drops the ball. Oh, Jacksonville, great team. Like, it's just fun. And I'm not even saying that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, look, that's the way it is in the NFL. You win or you lose, you go home, fine. But, like, it's just so funny. Like, that, it's just these little things that you look at and go, that's the difference. I think I think the Pittsburgh Jacksonville game. I'll I'll probably hone in on that game in the early window next week. I think it's a really interesting game. I would not be shocked if Pittsburgh wins, but the other two games they have to win. I'm betting the under on the on that game for sure. Whatever. Yeah, I, 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 well, I don't even know what the under is, but I would. If I had to guess, it's like over under like 39 and a half, 40, something like that. What do, you think the line is? what do you think the line is? The line for the game, I'll say Jacksonville by three and a half. Two and a half. Mm. All right. I hear my daughter walking in, so it's about to be chaotic in this household. But. Yes, absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the power rankings on USA Today, all the stuff from behind the steel curtain, Steelers-wise. Matt, appreciate you as always, buddy. See you soon. You got it. No problem. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.